Ahoy, mateys. This is Adrienne Barbeau, your nightlight, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And yes, genius, you can call me Billy. In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that appreciates the restorative and healing powers of pizza. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we continue our celebration of Women in Horror Month as we don our finest negligee and drill into a fan commentary track for Amy Jones's The Slumber Party Massacre. And you don't have to be on the drill team to listen into our show, just simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your drill hole. And if you're on social media, you can follow us along. We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face where we have that little events tab, which means shenanigans. And as this episode does release on Friday, February 14th, if you are in the Kansas City area at Screenland Tapcade, we have a film that is, I think, one of the finest examples of holiday slashers. Uh-huh. And Non-Christmas. Non-Christmas. I'd, I would even challenge you, on a, on, a, on a good day, this one could go head-to-head with maybe a Black Christmas. But also, interestingly enough, would make a great double feature with Black Christmas, because this is also one of the finest Canadian, Canadian. tax shelter uh-huh. films. We are talking, of course, The Ballad of Harry Warden. Working in a coal mine, working wrong down, down. My, My Bloody, Bloody Valentine. Valentine, yes. A movie that has really started to grow on me. Ooh, and it's the 4K restoration with all the bells and whistles and all that good stuff, man. And there's a lot of uh, material that was on the cutting floor by the MPAA, uh-huh. which really beefs up the kills. And I will say this, the, the kills are very intense and mean. But this film wins me over, I think, because it, it's honestly, it's the Canadian charm. Yeah, it like, rips your heart out. It, oh, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not surry about that one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, save your energy, because then on Saturday, February 15th at Screenland Armor, mm-hmm. a classic, classic. This movie is fantastic. I mean, it's it, wonderful. And if you've never seen it, you want to see it up on the big screen, but they are going to be screening the Bride of Frankenstein. Mm, good. Which, interestingly enough, if you haven't seen it, she's... N- you know it's what? wonderful. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a wonderful, especially for women in horror to go like all the way back, you know? I mean, Ellen Lancaster just pla- casts iconic, wonderful iconic. visions. You, you're seeing it in your head yeah. right now as we're talking yeah. about it, right? Uh-huh. Of course, of course. Well, then, on February 18th, if it's a Tuesday, you know I'm going to be at the Alamo Draft House, Terror Tuesday, and February is not only Women in Horror Month, but it is also Black History Month, and they're going to be screening a contemporary horror classic, Jordan Peele's Get Out. Ooh, ooh. Are they going to have, like, uh, on the separate menus, is it going to be cereal, but it's separated? It's, oh, God. <laughs> like, I, I will say <laughs> who this. Who does that? <laughs> Get Out provided one of a great theatrical experience because I was so invested in the character, and then ultimately, if you've seen the film, I don't want to spoil anything, but that ending, I was prepare, I was preparing myself for a gut punch. Yeah. Whether or not it happened, another, go listen to the episode. Another one, another one. Like if like if this goes where I know it's gonna go, my 
burn this place down. Oh, I was I was ready, man. It was. It was <laughs> so I can't wait to see it again on the big screen. Yep. Um, thank you, Adrian and Amber, the Draft House, for that. But again, anything that is horror or genre related, ideally, we'll have it on the events tab. Check it out. And speaking of checking things out, my apologies in advance for everyone because what we like to do with all of our episodes in February, i.e. Women in Horror Month, is to have our favorite women in horror come on and talk their favorite women in horror. And we've been able to do that, fortunately, for the past two years. But and interestingly enough, and I'm thankful, thankfully because the fact that some of our favorite women in horror are busy because they're working and providing you know, entertainment and genre, scheduling stuff comes up. So I'm telling you this, the guest that we're having is going to be on soon, and you're going to love her because she's awesome and amazing. So my apologies because we had to kind of pull a call an audible yeah. at the last minute. But we're still going to have a good time. So absolutely. This is- well, and that's the yeah. thing. At the last minute, I was like, what should we do? And genius, you were, were just immediately. Well, let's do Slumber Party Massacre. Written, directed by a woman. I mean, like. it's it, the, the cast is largely women. So it's, again, my apologies for not having a, a woman female presence on the, this commentary track. But again, last minute audible, but we're trying to stay true to women in horror. Also, this is a breezy little film, clocking in at 75 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love the brevity in that. Um, now, we are going to do a little Shudder shout out here. We are going to be streaming through Shudder, but mm-hmm. there are plenty of ways that you can watch this DVD, Blu ray, VHS. Yep. Um, ultimately, make sure if you're doing it digitally, hey, like, don't pirate it because. Pirates walk the plank, me hearties. That is correct. Now, we've got everything lined up, uh, ultimately, right before the white screen hits, and then you get the title, Slumber Party Massacre. So, cue everything up there. We do a lethal weapon-style countdown, where we will go... We're going to go three, two, one, and then we're going to You hit play. play. So, when we say play, we Boom. all play mm-hmm. and get the commentary started, so... Um, Genus, uh, you're gonna fluff up the pillows over there. Run, 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 run. You know, yeah, we'll, get we'll into, save it. We'll, we'll save it. <laughs> so, every get everything lined up, and the party is gonna get started here in three, three two, two, one, play. play. Well, as we start yet another nightmare junkhead fan commentary track. As I uh, put Genius McGee's pigtails in his hair, when we say fan commentary commentary track, we mean... (laughs) We mean we have no affiliation with anybody who's involved with making of the film or even watching the film. We're just two guys who like the film. And you are invited to our little slumber party here. Mm, We're going to get negligees, man. That's what it is. This is the pieces of horror, but it's also... Well, besides besides pieces itself, but... With the name like it's like Smuckers. With a name like Slumber Party Massacre, it's got to be good. You kind of know what you're getting into. And spoiler alert: it does give you exactly what's in the title. <laughs> There's no blatant false advertising with this. Uh, Munson, no, no, not Munson. Nelson, <laughs> right? Would be pleased. This is not <laughs> Naked Lunch. No, no, no mulligans. No nothing. Just like yep, yep. No, it's a film that definitely gives you everything you want from a Roger Corman film. So if I say a Roger Corman film, what do you think? Also, we're giving right there. Right exposition. Mass murder escapes. Kills and kids, five more people. Kids, that's what we call a newspaper. <laughs> that's, that is your that's uh, notification. What would that be now? it in paper form. There we go. Thank you. It, again, we love physical media and a physical presence yeah. here. We definitely get it on this this uh, this film. <laughs> Newspapers aren't just for lining bird cages. <laughs> but if I'm saying, hey, genius, we're going to see a Roger Corman film 
What are three things that you think you're going to see in a Roger Corman movie? Well, definitely you're going to see some boobs. Okay. Okay. Then you're going to see some blood. Yeah. And if it's the 80s, you're going to see a little bit of uh, full frontal. So maybe little, some butts or some maybe butts, some of the it's a little bit but it's going to be it's going to be hairy it might be hey, you know you know you never know 1982 another time another place indeed in spe- so, and speaking of right off the get we're not like not like 2 minutes in there we go we're not joking when we say that now basketball is also built around this film so immediately and again i don't know if it's because i've had Jill shooting at my house and i know what goes behind production design but the fact that we've got a basketball poster in the background in her room establishes, as we'll see... And a tennis. So she's a multi-sporter, uh-huh. as you as it happens in high school. But, she's the sporty spice of the group. <laughs> um, I'm tr- trying to think of the best way to start. Let's start from the beginning. Genius, do you remember the first time you're, you experienced this film, The Slumber Party Massacre? Goodness. Um, it would probably be up all night. Nope, that's exactly yep. exactly my first mm-hmm. time. I do remember. So I remember seeing this edited. Yeah, and, and all the pixels and everything. And you're like, man, this is a good movie, but I didn't realize how much of the film I was missing. <laughs> right? And ultimately, when you edit you, this thing you down, know it's so much you're missing. But... It's like a 50 minute movie. <laughs> and... There was a lot of commercials. Like a lot of Ray Adams was jumping in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's regional. My God. Well, then also, I think that's when you probably had either Rhonda or uh, Gilbert. Gilbert. Maybe they had an extended bits they were doing. Maybe yeah. that's when they would have well, the Brink Roger Stevens Corbett on would be something. on. Yeah. And but but this is a film that's a staple in the USA Up All Night canon. And I think there's probably a member of our listening audience that may not be familiar with USA Up All Night, which think about that. Oh, man. Because. Because this would never be on Commander USA. No, this is this way is too risque. Never be on Commander USA, and it's also a pure horror film. Now, mm-hmm. well, I did Commander. Did you would you would see horror on Commander USA, wouldn't mm-hmm. you? Oh yeah, you see but Jason, it would, okay, and, and all sorts of shit. But maybe not Corman horror. No, would, yeah, you see might be see Piranha. Okay, but, would you see um um like in humanoid humanoids no, from the deep? No, Galaxy no. of Terror. Captain USA did not like fish sticks. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like the little bit there where she's throwing her Barbie doll away, indicating she's growing. Yep. She's becoming a woman. Oh, and now some creep gets it. Out well, of yeah. Trash. Well, speaking of creeps getting it, my apologies in advance for all the shower scenes that are going to be coming up here eventually. <laughs> I've got talking bits to talk over that. So if you're truly doing this as a commentary track, we won't be creepy watching those bits together. Uh, right. Because it's like, <laughs> what's worse is just like with the shower scene. well and it's always funny there are some podcasts (laughs) that will do commentary tracks and you can always tell that there's they get caught up in the watching as well because immediately always this is still first a podcast right because i know there are a lot of people that know this film so well they don't have to watch it with us but if this is your first time watching this with us, you're doing it the wrong way yeah no and i'm not gonna say there's a right or wrong way but yeah no you need to enjoy and this is a again a brief little film (laughs) right and so what do you do let's put this back in the diddler van also yeah well it's i'd like to think also that uh, this film helped inspire ninja 3 the domination and Lucinda Dickey's character also being kind of a rough, tough blue collar. Well, it's lean and mean because, like, off the bat. Oh, yeah. Um, right here, you get the introduction. 
<clears throat> of the said massacreist. Because in normal movies, like this would be the she would be the final girl. You're the one following her and her shenanigans. She's established as a rough, tough, nope. no nonsense. Right off the bat. And also, I should say, this is a film that had a reputation. Mm-hmm. Well, again, like Smuckers with a name like Slumber Party Massacre. Of course, people are like, oh, my God, you know? And we are immediately introduced to the drill here, which is what the film is built around. I mean, even on the poster. Oh, yeah. No, it's straight up in the, it's the middle of the poster. Mm-hmm. It's, it establishes a not-so-subtle metaphor as they drill as a penis. Right. The phallic symbol. Um Eventually, I'd like to get around to a Teen Wolf commentary, so we would ultimately have the the best like basketball, basketball. doubleheader. <laughs> and I'm just saying that you could actually pit this team against Michael J. Fox and those guys, and they'd probably pit they'd probably pay. But oh wow, look at that mullet! I don't want to get scene specific, but man, that's an early nice '80s mullet. And I guarantee you, that guy probably didn't listen to metal, right? But that's just how prevalent the mullet was back in the early but 80s. Think about it. They're like three guys just hanging out watching the girls' basketball team. Want to know like... why they're not watching it? Let's not get creepy <laughs> here. But the Roger Corman production, every they went See, into everything right, except right. for braziers. That's ultimately the thing that would be mo- that would add too much realism to the film. Oh, we can't have that. They'd be wearing a sports bra? Yeah. No, 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 not with Roger Corman. But as gratuitous and like over the top, so it is. We got to remember, it's still like, there's a multi-level layers of this movie. No, certainly. You know? And it goes back initially to the whole, from script to screen, it was an, originally the original screenplay uh, called Don't Open the Door was written by Rita Mae Brown, noted feminist, mm-hmm. philosopher, novelist. Uh, and it was originally written as a parody and a satire of the slashers of the time. And then eventually... It evolved. Went through the Corman filter. Exactly. Exactly. When you put it through a Corman filter, no matter where its beginnings and the origins start, it's, it's going to end, end up sleazy. Up in, 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 a, in a shower scene. Exactly. And speaking of, if you want a timestamp here, we get our first of the, the, no, technically the second of the bees. No, technically, we've got all three bees. Did we get yeah. some blood? We've got blood. We've got boobs. <laughs> we, and we got, got boobs. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. Revenge nerd slowly creeps in. My okay. apologies. My apologies. <laughs> my apologies. But ultimately, this is where uh, Amy Jones, who this is her first film she directed, she knew with a Roger Corman film, there were those set of three Bs that she knew had to be included. So she basically threw this in to be as cold and as clinical as possible. As gratuitous as this shower scene is, if you notice, they're not necessarily fetishizing. This is just it's a sterile shot. Mm-hmm. There is nothing glamorizing. That There's no push-ins. It's just here it is. Here's basically two of the bees for you. Get it out of your system. Let's go with the film. Yeah. Get just, it. it fulfills the requirement requirements, and then there we go. Like- and then we can go ahead and move into the rest of the film. And <laughs> interestingly enough, do you know what film um, Amy Jones declined to edit to direct this movie? Hmm. E.T. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The, the desire to direct, and especially as a woman in Hollywood, was enough to pull her away. And, you yeah. know, Spielberg was a name at that point. But she knew, and especially in the Corman system... Because it's almost a, like a farm system for filmmakers that if you get your foot in the door with that, 
it can lead to more working opportunities, ideally in Hollywood. Um, but and ultimately, again, this is where I really wish we had um, the female presence here. But it's it's tough to get by in Hollywood with that. So, of course, if you have a chance to direct a film, even if it is Slumber Party Massacre or Sleepless Nights, as I believe what it by the time she got a hold of it, you can still say something. You can say, hey, I directed a movie. Uh-huh. You can put your imprint on the film. Well, not even that. You can like say like we talked about earlier, like, there you go. Let's move on. You can still say something critical in your movie called slumber party massacre well that's why i think we like horror so much is horror is a way to filter societal issues Mm -hmm. it can be a metaphor it can be an analogy it can be very subtle uh it can be a sledgehammer you know (laughs) think i just recently had a chance to watch they live with a crowd you know and and carter's not subtle at all in that film and amy jones in this film she's she's not subtle you know and it's because it's a corman film like you said, it's Slumber Party Massacre. So what are we going to give you? A Slumber Party Massacre. What do we have established? What do we have, then? But what do we have to establish for a Slumber Party Massacre? And here comes Friends the for the Slumber Party. We're having a Slumber Party. You want to come? Nope, nope. Because they're talking shit. See, talk shit, get hit. I've been saying that. I'm not saying to the extent we're going to get him with the drill, but I'm like, talk shit, get hit. But ultimately, it, it's supposed to relay life in high school. Mm-hmm. And listen, I'll be the first to admit I'm many years removed from high school, right? But high school was not easy for me. It was not pleasant, and yeah. I'll be honest. I'm glad high. I'm gone beyond high school. <laughs> well, especially when you're getting creeped on by a, in a guy, a guy in, in a diddler van, you know. And to think the fact high that high school or not, <laughs> technically it wasn't even his van. He's right? just he <laughs> took it from somebody by force. Speaking See, of, there they are. <laughs> that's, well, we we still we we saw the screen, the kill off screen, so we need to see the result, the cause and effect. Mm-hmm. And here we get, <laughs> he does, he Brink Stevens, uh, ultimate genre icon within a lot of films. This is her first on role, on speaking on camera role, mm-hmm. which I think is rad. And also the fact that technically she was primarily known for, not to get creeps and nostalgia here, but for her willingness to do nude scenes. And again, you have to understand when these movies were made in the 80s and the 90s, a lot of films were made and included a lot of nude scenes because there wasn't the internet. Right. And I don't want that to sound sleazy. That's the way people would watch, get to their movies to be watched. Yes. I mean, and you included that because it was tough to see things like that. Now, I think Kevin Smith makes the jokes. You can see the most heinous things on your phone. You know, it's just at the, the it's at the touch of a button. Everything is there. Yeah. And then, but then when the horror hits. Oh, absolutely. It's coming pretty good. This entire sequence, the stalking sequence. I had a chance to see this up on the big screen. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks again, Terror Tuesday. And the t- this, I think, is primarily the only scene that really hits in the horror yeah. elements. Well, because fuck staying in the gym alone. That's always creepy. Like the fear of getting locked in the school or anything. That's terrifying. I still have nightmares to this day that are set where I'm stuck in a high school setting at night. And I credit movies like this and Class of 1984 there, there are scenes in those movies where you're running in like this darkened hallway and it's just so cavernous and uh, I, there's just the fact that you're not there. It's this taboo feeling. It's intense. We are the slumber party of the future. <laughs> That's another one scene that on the big screen was impressive. Well, and he doesn't even try to hide who he is. He's no. He's driller killer. He's not like a masked figurier. Or Abel like, Ferreira would have words with who the driller killer is. Right? It shows you right off the bat. 
Oh yeah, no. Uh, there's from from the get go. It's in the title now. Our driller killer himself, Michael Valella, apparently was very method actor to the point where he separated himself from the cast until his initial scenes with them. In his words, to basically inspire more terror and fear. How are you are on the whole method? Because genius, you've been in some films before. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. I don't think I could go that method where I would like put myself away and then do heinous shit. You know, because I'd be like, look, I'd be saying like, okay, I'm just making sure, you know, I'm, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's so you're establish, you're going to establish something with the cast and crew. Say, hey, listen, you know, I'm going to probably have to say something weird. But by the way, I'm acting. I'm acting. Right. Jealous. <laughs> he apparently doesn't go to that school <laughs> because like when they would be eating, he'd get his food, sit away from them and leer from afar. Oh, which oh, exactly creepy. exactly and listen listen i but that I, would, I, I mean i would understand that would inspire terror because like i guess as long as everyone's okay with that yeah that's cool but i could see where that could rub someone the wrong way but ultimately if you look here she looks scared yeah, it works and <laughs> honestly let's face it his performance here he's genuinely creepy mm-hmm. drill or not no and that trail of blood, like, oh, shit. Much like any good serial killer or wannabe, you know, establish yourself, as Leslie Vernon would say in the uh, in that realm, you've, mm-hmm. you've got to have a bloodhound nose for things like that. <laughs> and as it turns out, he does. Also, he has the power of sight. Well, she was smart. Never forget your towel. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget your towel, kids. <laughs> well, it is. It's in. It's visual storytelling right now because you really can't have anyone telling you telling you that. Right. And I give Amy Jones credit for that to give the viewer enough credit that, yeah, if you can follow along here, we know why the panic is there. But we know why ultimately that school is a cheapo school because if they had a good one, that would have just sopped up immediately and she would have been okay. Mm-hmm, but she's smart. I mean, it's just a good plant until also and it's a darn it's a dang it's a darn shame that she had to be one of you know one of the first of the group of their their crew to go she doesn't even get to go to the party no no that would be me sadly now the drill as a killer weapon i don't want to say driller killer because <laughs> it just invites able to come out exactly off kill off screen kill but that whole imagery Again, the phallic nature of it has always disturbed me, especially when you'd see like the receiving end of it, as we will see throughout this film. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when you're on the other side of like a wall and the drill comes out with the blood and viscera on it, that always disturbed me. And I don't and I don't know what it was about it, but even to this day, it still affects me well, that's the intent you know i mean like only a man with a mustache can ride a motorcycle like, like that. that with hair like that damn i'm late for renegade practice and so <laughs> <laughs> actually he was an extra on uh night riders romero was shooting there just down go. the street <laughs> that have you ever seen night riders uh bits and pieces it's romero's like love letter to a film family but it's like a two and a half hour long film that shouldn't be two and a half hour long, two and a half hours long. Again, unlike this film. Now, Victoria Avenue, this film was shot primarily in L.A. Uh, in Venice Beach. Mm-hmm. So apparently there are a lot of um, of the sites that you can go to that you can still go to this day. Oh, yeah. Much like, like in the, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like the party. 
Like the party house? You can, yeah, so you can, if you want to put together your own slumber party. Just sans the massacre. <laughs> yeah, ideally, ideally, let's, let's face it, that is always the bummer. We get a lot of first-person point-of-view scenes, which... Creep cams. Yes, popularized by Black Christmas, Halloween, but we get a little self-defense thrown in. Right. Which I always like. <laughs> and kids, that's a trapper keeper, which I think they still utilize. I think so. But, you know, we drew on ours. Ours were rad. Oh, yeah. The Velcro, mm-hmm. the sparkles. <laughs> Mine would be adorned with uh, metal band names. Uh, and sometimes my mom would get the wrong one and it'd be like Lisa Frank. So I'd have to like turn it into like fucking something terrible. Yeah, because again, in the 1980s, we weren't as progressive uh, back as we probably are now where we embrace people like that. Oh, my God. It was I'm not going to say oppressive, but. Another I, time. <laughs> Another place. Oh my good! I get. I'm. I'm getting the PTSD from high school movies. <laughs> and we never even got invited to slumber parties. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> at least not like this. In fact, if I ever went, okay. So it never happened that way. But I always imagined if I was invited to something like that, that I would have like a nighty or some negligee ready, just in case. Just in case. I've seen pictures. Oh. He, Oh, yeah. Technically, <laughs> technically, there is some evidence out there, and I'd like to thank uh, Erica Kaufman for... That's why I'm always going to be on her good side. I'm just going to leave it at that. But I'll say this. I looked damn good back then. Yes, you did, sir. I don't think I could rock that li- rocket like now. It would definitely... I'd have to... Di- different drill. Different drill. This is back. <laughs> which <laughs> Home improvement drill. <laughs> that uh, that's an interesting thing yeah did he ever did was tim allen ever in in genre film i'm trying beyond like galaxy quest did he ever get started in anything like that in horror yeah i don't think so okay now there is a whole underlying throughout this film about a a a basketball score or is a baseball score it was a baseball score and it's throughout it's this really weird narrative thread uh and Oh, don't, who remembers those? Those are cool. I've That's, always wanted a pair of those. Now, ultimately, if you know if the Joker had those, they would have like a little bomb attached to it. Yeah, or they would have like switchblades in the, the tips of the tune. Ooh, <laughs> that's clever. And kids, that is a rotary phone? <laughs> yeah, they don't make them like that anymore. No. If you, if you needed to dial like another area code. Oh, and if, and if you had a lot of uh, someone's phone number had a lot of eight or nines, you're like, mm-hmm. man. Five. Like it's gonna take me that much longer. That's a, like that was like first world problems at the time. <laughs> now if it takes like more than ten seconds for a phone to connect, I'm just like, oh, what is going on here? Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> but that is the day where you had to remember phone numbers. Look at that VH. Uh, the Zeta. That looks like a twofer. Mm-hmm. That is both. Ooh, is that a beta? Oh and wow, a VHS? they were. They were and they were a ready. and a record player. I'm again whoever did the production design you know what they are well off because they have a piano mm-hmm. that's the sign of leisure my friend fancy that is fancy also it gives her another dimension not only she is a basketball player but she's artistic she's a musician as mm-hmm. well that is someone we can get behind as a final girl also I'm sure it's a chance to have the actor show off their skills right it's like you know some- I can play the piano Bet. Really? <laughs> so, you know, everyone always throws on like, you know, I can ride horses and stuff and this and that. And it's like, no, not so much. I should point out the, the type of house they're in is the type of a house that's very prevalent in my neighborhood. Um, 
creepiest next door neighbor ever. This is worse ever. than Three's Company. This is uh, yeah, yo, we wished for Larry. Are you right? kidding? Don't no. come knock on our door. Yeah, <laughs> the take a step and then your foot's gonna get decapitated. <laughs> it's but look at the shirt. I mean, he's everything screams like a party animal. I'm talking about Lamore. And this is early '80s, so there. What was raising Arizona was two years later, so the swinger culture was still there, and then also just the creepy neighbor like that. He establishes himself. Technically, no, he's you. That's the thing with this film, like you said early on. We see the killer. Yeah, there's no red herrings about <laughs> there's it. There's no mystery behind this. Ultimately, <laughs> we just a creep. <laughs> well, like I said, it takes its time technically to establish some of the characters. Again, we still will get the kills in between. Yeah. But nice little establishing shot here with shattered glass. And it's always weird when you're like, something here you hear something you oh know? no let me tell you as someone that lived was that cohabitated for like for like a decade living by myself has been notoriously scary especially after films where they feature either like a haunted house or if you hear something when you know you're supposed to be alone yeah that really gets to me now and the worst part is even like maybe three years ago lola would still hear things nowadays her hearing's going unfortunately so like at least she would validate my hearing knowing it was real nowadays it doesn't happen it's a bummer and cats scaring people and I, you can appreciate that now I as a cat owner definitely appreciate that so they, how there's been so many times where one or two or both of my cats have nearly made me piss my pants and kitty god rest her soul did that multiple times perfect timing timing. Ah, now we establish also the little dead meat characters here the the horny (laughs) teens that are looking for shenanigans yeah which you have to have and then we also see a la like michael myers and halloween the establishment of the car (laughs) hey that was pretty good uh, is we we realize the killer is in the vicinity at this point. We're setting up the geography for the kills later. He's right there, like. <laughs> they, well, they needed to establish this film at Halloween, so when someone inevitably goes, "Hey, what is that sound?" and they get so it's Halloween, we've got like automatic speakers set up, you know, <laughs> instead of like at a time. Well, actually, even worse, it's like, is your neighbor around? Because he looks like he should sound like that. <laughs> If they combined their powers together, him the face of the uh, the killer and him the killer doing the sounds and you know doing the dirty work, they'd be the master blaster of uh, Roger Corman films. <laughs> Not shit, boobs. <laughs> uh, who runs slumber party? <laughs> Driller killer. No. Now we no, also wrong one. we should also I should say we are establishing Maui Wowie here. Uh-huh. You notice he creeps in. Scavenger. (laughs) (laughs) I just stopped sniffing things yesterday. (laughs) As you see him stuff panties in his pocket. (laughs) Because look at that shirt. Like, it's a really rad shirt, but you have to be confident to wear a shirt like that. Right. You either have to be. Okay, now hold on. Oh. This is the key to make it right. Okay, Okay. first off, she should have put the Kool-Aid in first. She did. No, no, before oh. the water to give it a good sniff. Oh, okay. And what was that? A little more. No, no we need no, a good no, pour. No, 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 no. Yeah. A little more. A yeah, little more. No. You're making that. Unless you're going to add hooch to it, then. <laughs> well, to me, I mean, in it's not a precise account, but how, many, how much sugar? 
it, it, by at least a cup. Okay, well, I think I think we're now understanding why you are in a predicament, my, my friend. <laughs> Let this be a cautionary tale. I am just telling you right now. <laughs> Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't Shout out the to the Kool-Aid. Cult Podcast. <laughs> she, she said, shut up and drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> now, I like that we get... A little bit of the bickering between sisters, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that we did or did not recently watch a Can- and uh, speaking of Canadian tax shelter films, uh, a, were- a Canadian werewolf film that dealt with sisters. Uh, but I like that they established the bickering that goes on, and that there's an established love there. Oh, and there's a party going on. You got oh, Pringles and pot and popcorn, the three P's of horror. Wow, <laughs> Corman established the three B's. Genius gives you the three P's, but also. This back in the day pretty much put a target on your back mm-hmm. in your slasher film. Oh yeah. In fact, at this point, we should make we should point S- out sins of the flesh. <laughs> of uh, appropriately enough here with Corman. In fact, I'm wondering when the dance party is going to happen. Uh, excuse me, please. I had too much to drink. I am also going to have to establish myself to uh, the ba- bathroom. I'll be right back. Uh oh. Run 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 run. So I hate when my coffee is burnt. That's like the worst thing because it stinks up the house and it's hard as shit to scrape it off. But. Who? Because <laughs> that's not creepy at all. I don't care who you are. If somebody's right there like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> like, Can I come to the party too? And then the lovely Brooke Shields and turning up with a frizzy new hairdo. <laughs> See. I wonder if there's always a party going on. There's a couple of people just like sitting there reading. (laughs) Oh, I hate going out to check out things in the dark. That's scary. A little bit more exposition, but it seems like a caring family. You know, it establishes like you don't want them to be just fodder you know absolutely they if they are to go away we're gonna feel it and i'm not gonna lie and i apologize for having to run to the restroom like that i immediately when we started recording i'm like oh man i've already got to go to the bathroom (laughs) Uh, but you live your life through horror rules and i'm not gonna say whether or not we just recently rewatched a film i'd break him to go to a slumber party oh of course you would but I'm not going to say whether or not we re- recently rewatched a film. Ooh, <laughs> the Sly Stallone. <laughs> that oh, that one. Oh man, <laughs> kids, look it up. It's legit. Oh, that whole. There's, it's, um, there's video proof. Kitty and Studs Party, I believe, is the uh, film, the adult film that he starred in. Have you, and I'm not going to say whether uh, or not I've seen it, but which, uh, which, I've seen which, that. Which, I, I've seen that too, but I guess it leads to uh, the Death Race 2000. So. It, Again, speaking of Roger Corman, exactly. everyone, so many people got their start with Corman. But while I was going to the restroom up there, because I said I'll be right back, that was the first time in my own house I've peed with my head looking over my shoulder I'm because I was like, wouldn't it be ironic if <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow or another, I was like, God damn movies. Well, it's embarrassing to admit, but I was like, no, it's like that would be the ultimate irony. And then somehow they put their my face on and. They, they you know, continue the commentary track and you don't know? Oh, oh, that'd be terrible. But then if I didn't hear a snort, then exactly. be, that would be the like, like, that was funny, Greg. What's yeah. going on over there? Exactly. Right. But no, she was taking out the trash and that eerie shit. I hate when that happens because things that scurry always get me. 
Now, as a teenage boy and seeing movies like this, we have, I have always been under the impression that this really happened. But upon getting older and asking friends now, I find that this was all a ruse. And it kind of shattered my young world at the time. I was like, this never did happen. But the, the movies lied to us? Come on now, you mean man. the movie lied? Right. Return of the Living Dead was actually a commentary on slumber parties and the massacres or the nudity that goes on. No, of course. And again, in the early 80s, the 70s, the 60s, before the advent of internet, I'm not saying that they inserted a lot of this into the films because this was the only place you could get it, but they inserted this into the films because this was the only place you could get, get it. it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's serviced so many different Come weird on. niches here. <laughs> I understand that's great, but he was just like... <laughs> of course they're leering. It's, it, we're complicit in the leering. They make, again, <laughs> they're not subtle with this at this point, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> Again, these shenanigans. Uh, Revenge of the Nerd asks. Well, Revenge of the Nerd starts with a scene. Basically, yeah, the middle of the movie. <laughs> right. You have those kind of shenanigans. Whoa! What if the Trilams had melt had like dealt with the Driller Killer? Oh, run, 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 run. <laughs> run, run, run. I thought it was gonna be a great year. <laughs> <laughs> like Wonderful. just like drills through pies, all sorts of. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you moose, you know how to run. Well, I think if you go back to our um, Night of the Creeps commentary, we talked about how a lot of these films, I love she threw the staples out. <laughs> Ooh, Twinkies in a bowl with, no, those are Cheesy cheese Poofs. Pops. Yeah, Cheesy Pops. That's not bad. No, that's a party. That's that, an 80s party. Now, you know what? You could actually pair this film with UHF. and you Twinkie could have, Wiener Sandwich. Exactly. All they need is cheese whiz and hot dogs. Well, you, exactly. Well, you don't get any, really any wieners in this film, <laughs> and you know that's what I find funny <laughs> is that a lot of people apparently gave Amy Jones shit because of the fact that this is a Corman film. Mm -hmm. So you have to throw in the three Bs regardless, and they go, "How dare you, as a you know a woman director, make a film that you know that make a film like Slumber Party Massacre?" And it's like, well, why not? Yeah. Why can't she? Like, it, I, it just, it's, again, it, it speaks to the, the hypocrisy in there, all sorts of weirdness. Aw, man. That oh, was a stunt snail. Well, and apparently this is a real thing. Snail hunting? Yeah? Yes. Apparently not only, you know, does the gang do it. Really? Which that would be a, a you know, the, gale, the gang goes snail hunting. <laughs> the gang goes snailing. Get out of here, snail! Throwing salt on it. So, like, maybe for escargot or something? That's what I'm thinking, or apparently there were enough of them that maybe they were an issue. Quagmire's over there like, snail's making aphrodisiac. Giggity, giggity, giggity. Because he's got the shirt and everything. He could play a very much a quagmire. Well, uh -oh. the, the quagmire ultimately is, he goes from... Not a bad little piece of special effects right there. I guess also a shout out to the fact that we do have some very, I'm not going to say great practical effects in here, but very serviceable, especially mm -hmm. for the budget. And again, um, I'll go ahead and go to the IMDB on this one. But a lot of the people that worked on this film, cast, crew. Did you hear that it said Boy 10 sucked down sewers and survived? That's nightmare fuel right there. Do Fuck think, all that noise. Do you think the Chuds pulled Fuck him in? Fuck all that noise. Yeah, maybe it's the same universe. I, I, that would, I honestly think as dirty and grimy 
as Chud is as the New York that it exists in. With most of your Roger Corman films, they are so dirty and grimy anyway. But this is the suburb of New York. This it is, is the, like yes. Albany. <laughs> the, <laughs> you don't get so much Chuds as you get the creeps. Right there, we go. <laughs> Well, all over this movie too. The special effects done by Larry Carr and Rick Lazar- Lazzarini, they both went on to work in like Aliens, um, like really high budget films, based on again very rudimentary but effective physical practical work in here. Oh man, that's creepy. Did you see that when he, she looks out the window and there's a stranger like looking back, leering around? That's I, you know my biggest fear to this day is looking out my front window mm-hmm. across that vacant parking lot and not only anyone but Jill looking back. That's going to scare me. <laughs> She'll eventually do that one day. And just to leave that the weird that oh. well yeah. Well again, she left out her her sign of going from, you know, girl to woman has now been already, like, twisted and mangled by some d- creepy dude. Ew. Nefarious. Yeah, well, you know what? Unfortunately, it's also potentially a take on the fact that the, the leering of the dudes as you go from a girl to a woman mm-hmm. and just, just the nastiness that is accompanied with it. I like the way with, a, with this uh, set pieces like this, the scares. Mm-hmm. It's like... The tropes, but it's still universal fears. You know? Of course. Just like going down in the basement with the lights out. And and I've grown very comfortable in my own home. I'll go back to the whole, you know, living by yourself thing. By all intents and purposes, my basement should be scary. But for me, it's become very homey for the most part. Oh, absolutely. But there are still moments when I'm walking up the steps into my first floor from the basement. It still gets me because I could see something grabbing my leg. I don't look down. There you go. When I go up this, when I go up your stairs, I never look down. The Orpheus myth, don't look back. <laughs> yeah. Nice little That's establishing shot. shot. Absolutely. Look at the softness in the yellow. Mm-hmm. It seems very earthy, homey, friendly, safe, even. Yeah. Until heinous shit goes down. Well, man, Lollipop and Playgirl magazine. She's living a decadent She's life. She's living her best life. Yeah, right she, she, that's, <laughs> and the banana as well. Come on now. I, I guess that's the uh, the most of the the the, the fat. No, I should say that's not the only phallic sim- symbol. This has the big ass drill. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that's. Oh. <laughs> I guess we do have male nudity. Well, it always reminds me uh, in Die Hard when you forget that there's there is nudity in there when they walk in on the couple, but then there's also the uh, the the construction area has all the pictures of the pornography mm-hmm. up in like the lockers. Which is always one of those things that has cracked me up. Which to this day I feel like in the back of every like dirty mechanic shop or everything, there's always that one wall filled with like old filthy pornography. And filthy like not only in content, but like grit and grime on the ex- side and on, on it. And they shit. bought it new in 1982, okay? Right. <laughs> in fact, some of these ladies might be in that calendar, potentially. <laughs> no, And I'm not going to say it makes it more authentic or not, but potentially. Now, this is what I love, again... These women are in high school. Yes. And this is ultimately, you couldn't technically do something like this now. No, you couldn't. You can't get on somebody's line. No, this Mm. is the, I don't know if the kids of today understand the the secrecy and the the delicacy of the little pickup and making sure you cover everything. Right. And like, stop listening. I'm trying to make a call, you know, but. Oh yeah. Or someone just like, get off the phone, dude. Mm -hmm. Oh so awful so awful 
every time we have a power outage that's not during a storm, my mind goes of one of two places. That somebody like... That's one of them, absolutely. Like like a slasher is about to intrude, or the apocalypse has started. Oh, yeah? Electricity is out. Start filling up a bathtub real quick. Have you ever seen... Did you, when's the last time you saw The Road? Ooh, in the theater. That scene when you see the flashing bright and he just immediately starts filling the tub with water, that... It's freaking me out now thinking about it. Oh, my God. But that my mind goes of one of two places like that. Slumber party apocalypse. <laughs> Ooh, is that? Ooh, that needs to be a movie. That, <laughs> that needs to, if that's not something it needs to be, I would watch a movie called Slumber Party Apocalypse. Actually, I would. And now, for some reason, I'm, I'm thinking back to when mean we Mean Girls and Ta. You know? <laughs> that would be the bumper you would put at the beginning of. Uh, no, I'm now I'm thinking of just hosting a movie party because now I'm going back to a boy and his dog. When they had that little theatrical thing in the midst of an apocalypse. So maybe you'd have a viewing party apocalypse. Oh, my God. That's horrible. That's so horrible. I like the fact that we're establishing a pool. They're affluent as well. Yeah, it does establish that. But also, ideally, that's going to come into play one way or the other. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you saw this, uh, Genius? It's been a long time. I think it was maybe about seven years ago on, uh, on IFC. Really? Yeah. They were doing one, two, and three. Did you watch all three? I tried. It was late. It was late. Okay, it was late. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I can understand. Um, it's This is crazy to me, the fact that this film technically launched a franchise. Yeah. And if you... In weird directions, too. Because this, this, this is a straightforward slasher flick. And it should be noted that when Rita Mae Brown wrote this, again, it was set to be a parody. Amy Jones also made to try to make it more of a horror comedy. But it technically is probably the most horror-driven of most of them. Mm-hmm. Because the second one's a musical. Second one is so weird. The second one, the guy is almost like Freddy Krueger-esque because he has more puns. And like you said, there's a literal music performance in it. It's mm-hmm. this rockabilly-esque thing. Yeah, this guy ain't said shit. He just drills people and creeps. Yeah, but yeah. like in part two, he's singing and exposition songs and everything. <laughs> it's, well, I think ultimately they're signs of the times. Think 1982. You still had the gritty, grimy films mm-hmm. of that era. Um, I Abel Ferrara's Driller Killer that was 1979, I believe. Yeah. So you've got films established this way. But I think the whole purpose was, as we've mentioned before, is the fact that we've got this lone creeper dude well, killing all these gals with this phallic device. And slashers get, and especially horror films at the time, get the bad rap of being just like the TNA showcase. Oh, yeah. You know? Again, there are, well, Scream really worked because the tropes they were making fun of existed. You, all you have to go back is watch these films and go, oh, yeah. There's a formula to them, mm-hmm. but if they're well made, if there's intent behind it, you know, ultimately they wanted to make, she wanted to make a good movie. Yeah. Bottom line, if this is her first directorial film. She wants to make a good scary movie. And apparently when she watched it for the first time with a uh, test crowd, she was like, oh my God, she had a bad reaction because people were hooting and hollering and going, you know, basically an early eighties crowd. Mm-hmm. Roger, she looked to Roger Corman and was like, Oh my God, what have we done? He's like, are you kidding? This is like our best test screening we've had. So, you know, she went in wanting to make a well-made, a slasher film and she did. And ultimately people react to it. And it's that's why perspective, the fact that 
you know, with Terror Tuesday, I think probably three quarters of the crowd was seeing it for the first time. And that, and, and in 2019, in 2020, yeah. we do watch things differently. Oh, absolutely. And especially younger people that are watching these films for the first time. A lot of, and oh God, I, I don't want to say younger, but there are a lot of people that won't watch films from the 70s or 80s because they view them as old movies. Mm-hmm. They don't have what they're looking for. And so when I see a lot of younger looking people watching this film for the first time, I'm always curious how they react to it because... How did it? Really well, actually. Yeah? The laughs hit, uh, the gore hit, and and I'll, again, it's a credit to Amber and Adrian, uh, Adrian especially with the intros. You know, it was in kind of what I think what a lot of us do as host is establish context with the film. Mm-hmm. You know, not spoiling anything, but and it's a t- tired trope of our podcast, but another time. Another place. So you know what to expect. Yeah. So ultimately, you know, there is a lot of gratuitous TNA initially because uh-huh. it's a Corman film. Or, if, you know, God forbid, when if we ever screen class in 1984 again, I th- did we say how assaulty it was? I don't think we did. Yeah, and we said like we said this, it's going to get dirty. There's a couple I know, of scenes but, that's going to get. You know, it mean. just ultimately it's just to prepare them because then I think if people know that But again, like you give them context. But again, with a name like Slumber Party Massacre. You, exactly. It's not a lifetime film. Right. This doesn't start Valerie Burton Ernie. It's no, just it does like, not. <laughs> she's the driller killer. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> <laughs> Schneider. Sorry, I was going to say she starts calling people Schneider. And shit. She's got a goddamn right? jewel belt. Right, exactly. He's she, the creep. She pins it on Schneider. There we go. Everybody Everyone thinks, thinks he's Schneider. Here's the thing. Oh, that Schneider. I never trusted him in the first place. And then in the, here comes. He was wearing a mustache. Right? <laughs> wow. That's kind of interesting. One drill at a time. <laughs> Bravo, good sir. Bravo. Well, you know, they did the, the remake on Netflix. Maybe we could... Maybe <laughs> the horror remake? Oh, put aside there. Put that one on the back pod. I, I still think... say they need to have a horror Golden Girls with um, Adrian Barbeau as Sophia, Barbara Crampton as Rose, Linnea Quigley as Blanche, and Jamie <laughs> Lee Curtis as Dorothy. Wow. That's great. That's great. I... God damn... I... A reality TV show, a five-minute segment on nope. something, I would do anything for that. No, it's the Golden Girls. They all live together, and then the men slowly, of the community start slowly disappear. Oh, even better. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. And she's still with us. Thank you for being a fiend. Bum, 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 bum. Can, anyway, that back to number can, <laughs> can Angela Lansbury come in on some uh, things? Somebody say Murder. Are you kidding me? That's that the crossover series, episode. That series writes itself. No, we'll get back to the Slumber Party. Don't worry. These, What I'd like to think with these commentary tracks is, again, you don't have to necessarily be watching the film. We let the car- conversation carry. <laughs> and I think that's some gold right there, my friend. Well, trademark Nightmare Junkhead. Yeah, ex- you know, <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Make sure. Uh, great lighting here. Uh, what I... Again, thank you, Jill, and all the crew of the stylists for letting me see behind the scenes. I know Todd Sheets, you've been behind the scenes, mm-hmm. seeing a lot of those films. And I was behind the scenes on Stylist too. Yes, yeah, that is correct. Look carefully, we might disgrace the screen. How come? Have a Twinkie Wiener sandwich. Man, we were that close. We were that close. Yep. Now, again, why we were lied to, I would assume if I am at a slumber party with, you know, opposite sex... 
they're not going to still be in the lingerie at this point. They're going to throw on some some onesies, yeah, like some kimono type thing. <laughs> oh, that's only if they're fancy. Exactly. Some dynasty asks. Although I will say this shit. is probably established kind of a, a fetish I've got for the uh, the jerseys and the the Porky Pig with the jersey. Mm-hmm. I call that the Lola Bunny. But <laughs> oh, that's an entirely different <laughs> fetish, my friend. Oh no, oh no. In fact, if oh god, don't number one, don't don't type that into a search bar, and don't ah in the blender. Clever, mm-hmm. clever girl. Make a margaritas. Margaritas show up in a lot of my favorite films. Most recently, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when you have Leonardo DiCaprio yelling at them. Ooh. See, he doesn't give a fuck. He's not making puns. He's not making no. jokes. He's just there to kill. Well, and ultimately, here now, you want to talk about yeah, not subtle at all. Nope. If you, I'm sure several theses, the thesi, multiple theses have been written, mm-hmm. and that particular scene has been the center of it. Um, I mean, that's ultimately that's what you get for some of the posters. Yeah. In fact. And you, I think it's multiple it's like, women in the background. Yeah, it's an iconic poster, too. It's one of those ones where, like, you know, rent anything you want except that one. Except that one, you no. Know? And the, there was no, like I said, there was, this film was notorious. There was an allure to this film. Yeah. And when I. Well, especially growing up in the 80s, a young lad with the name Summer Party Massacre. And seeing it so many times on USA Up All Night, it did take me a while to finally see it unedited. And when again, when I saw it unedited, it blew me away because I was like, wow, that's. There's there's a lot of nudity in this one. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I like the way, like everybody's serving drinks on trays and stuff. Well, again, again, we're being lied to. I've never been to a slumber party, and like someone was drink drinks six so far. Nice little clever nod. Um, mm-hmm. The the deli- the the pizza man delivery. It's always rough. I will say this. I'm gonna give a little shout. Go regional here and a little local shout out. Caddyshack Pizza here in Kansas City. If you haven't eaten there, it is a little hole-in-the-wall bar that has the most unique sauce on their pizza. It's it's sweet. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm sure that's a certain style, but they're one of the few places that <laughs> deliver to my place. So my heart goes out anytime I watch this film to my my favorite pizza place that delivers out here, Caddyshack. Close the eyes going out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And no. I, ch- I, I try to tip him well, you know, <laughs> See, take care of him for coming in, out here. In other movies in the 80s, when the pizza man goes to the slumber party, different outcome happens. Th- those were another, one, yeah, that's another <laughs> genre that we can't go into. <laughs> the adult films. In this one. Sly Stallone was in that one, I think. Right. This is still, we're still on the other side of the beaded curtain. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you don't feel, yeah, you don't have to show different, another form of ID to rent this one. Right? <laughs> You don't feel that bad if you get walked in on watching this movie as opposed to the other. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And this is also we have to establish cutting the landline here. Nowadays, you would establish this with um, take out. Oh, the signal's gone. You you have to take out the towers. I love the fact that that's addressed in your next. And when I I can't remember which brother it is, but the fact that he knew about he's like, you're such a scumbag for knowing that. (laughs) Uh, I. Should be noted, talked about it before, this is meant to be a horror comedy. And I know there are some people that the comedy elements don't work for them as well. How would you, I, I guess it's a slumber party massacre, but how would you, if you're, no, you, how would you describe it to a normie? Honestly, I would say slumber party massacre. It's, I, it's, it's, 
I hate to use the tagline of pieces, but it's like exactly what you think it is. But and then I would say, oh, yeah. But then I would say, but it's also like written, directed and produced by a woman. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, there's more going on. If again, if you give it context, it establishes itself. But also, if you don't know that context and I guess ultimately what I like with a good Easter egg is if you're familiar with what you're what they're showing you as an Easter egg, it enhances whatever it is for you. Awesome. But if you're not familiar with it, you don't even miss it. It just blows right by you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I like about this film is if you know the context of it, it gives it an interesting rewatch. It enhances it. But if you don't, it's still just pretty much a straight up slasher film with a drill. Yeah. A good one. A competent, good slasher film. And sometimes that's what you're in the mood for, you know? Especially growing up in the 80s. Sometimes you wanted a slasher film with DNA. Or sometimes you wanted a slasher film to... I mean, it's still a good party movie. Even the fact that it's called Slumber Party Massacre. If there were slumber parties, you could show this Absolutely. at a party. It's USA Up slumber All Night. or not no other. USA Up All Night. I guarantee you, there were multiple USA Up All Nights with a USA Up All Night with Rhonda. Where she would No, where she would have like Linda on... Uh, Jewel Shepard, they would is like the cast of Vice Squad, and they mm-hmm. would be in the negligee, right, having a party, mm-hmm. and it was on a Friday night as a Saturday night. It felt like a slumber party. It was a thing. It was a thing in the eighties. And even if I was, I was by myself, which I was most Friday or Saturday nights, or on the rare occasion I had some friends over and we would watch USA Up All Night. It felt like not a communal event, but much like the way the Joe Bob. Uh, was ultimately with the last drive-in on Fridays, you wanted to be there. And that's why I think the Twitter community is interesting when they do the the tweet-alongs. Although I I still have a problem with doing all that. We got a nice reveal, reveal. as you need, in a good slasher film. Ultimately, we... ah, Through. Behind the back drilling. I love it. I love that. That's got to be a strong-ass drill because, like... There's some times where I have hard time drilling fucking through thick wood. And I notice it's not attached to a power cord or anything. So is it a gastro? This is where we need Dustin here. Right. He would know if it's like some sort of pneumatic drill. He'd probably just sit here with his arms crossed the whole time calling horse shit. That's a piss poor drill. (laughs) That's what I loved in the movie Mayhem where he was able to go out. No, that was like an accurate nail gun. He was like, (laughs) I was so happy when I watched that. Again, watching through different perspective can always lead to a different viewing. Mm-hmm. They're only basically like a household away. With the tongue like that. Hell, those were, like, hell no. Those were real conversations. Well, were they real conversations you had with your friends? Did you have those conversations? Like, if you were to call me now, you're like, Greg. Uh, Man, let me tell you about this. <laughs> did you tongue kiss her genius? No, we don't have that I'll now, obviously. But, <laughs> but as a teenager, you know, you're... You always assumed there was the sharing and everything going on. I think with most guys, it would be a little bit more vulgar because you didn't want to display, like, true feelings or anything like that. I like the way that she's distracted by watching a horror movie. Meanwhile, there's an actual real horror movie going on right there. A little bit of the meta comedy element going on mm-hmm. there that exists. <laughs> <laughs> would you call our driller killer a silver fox or just a <laughs> silver creep? He looks like Ray Unwise. Like, <laughs> don't don't besmirch the. Gives him a no, little bit of run for his money because he's scared. He's like ah, he's intense because he doesn't say again. He doesn't say shit, and he's coming just to kill. No rhyme, no reason. And, and where he's going to play dirty, biting he's people, a biter. And stabbing people. 
and is okay with not necessarily using, again, the cuts. I really like that, that cut back and forth, back and forth. Again, literal and figurative cuts. There's a horror movie going on right there. And meanwhile, slasher strikes in Hollywood. Look out your front door. Right. And all the while, she is still existing. She's talking her, shit about this date she had. Her perfect teenage life with that weird ass. Can we talk about the goose lamp? Wow. Wow, that is someone had that in there, or that's a yard decoration, <laughs> or someone. You know what? I should say this. No, I can't say it because the what? sisters broke into Mother Gooseland. Are they living in a big old shoe? Yeah, <laughs> is he a, basically a big bad wolf? Oh, yeah. An easy entrance, unfortunately, to the garage. Back in the day when we didn't lock things, right? I there was a time actually. I remember at my ha- we always locked the house at night, but for the most part during the daytime. My house when I in Stanley, Kansas, was unlocked. Get the fuck out of town. Seriously. If Seriously. I in, if I stepped out to get mail, I'd lock the door. Like, it's that's all. That's a very economic trunk to hold that much. That could be like the to you know the Toyota Chrysler can fit eight bodies in the trunk. The Although Toyota did, Slasher, right? <laughs> Although he is kind of like Tetrising them, you know. Create, you know what? Ultimately, but he'd be great as an interior decorator. You know the feng shui. feng shui. Yeah, it's very nice. It's like the the car itself is balanced, although he's still technically not. At, this what I loved in the theater, just seeing this on the big screen. But all them back to back to back that way, mm-hmm. just a, a sense of sisterhood. But also, that's how you would survive: is fireplace behind you. Yep. Technically, unless it's Santa. <laughs> you should be safe from the chimney, but with a fire going, at least you. So it's a good survival thing, man. Mm-hmm. And it's they're still scantily clad. Safety in numbers. <laughs> oh, imagine that! Like you know, I don't know. It's probably about a twenty, thirty day shoot. Here's your wardrobe for these twenty or thirty days. At least ideally, they're indoors and by a fire. So oh. there is that. Now I talked about the re- restorative powers of pizza. I'm not saying pizza cures all ills or ails, but damn. You know, might not let it go to waste. Again, shout out to Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Although, she must be in mortuary school because, like, she's... She was destined She's eating be... something over the dead body. So, like, that's what, that's what field she's going into when she Whether she became an Axel or whether she became an Ernie, you know, regardless. <laughs> You're eating right on top of the oh, guy. Oh, that's... And you know what would be great? I hope there's an outtake where she's, like, <laughs> digging through his pockets and, like, why? Like, I like red peppers on my pizza. You know, the extra Parmesan cheese. You know, <laughs> just... Uh, pillaging for the pizza, my friend. <laughs> pillaging for the parmesan uh, and the peppers. Well, you know what? I'd, I'd hate to say it. I'd probably do it for Caddyshack. <laughs> Regardless if they deliver or not, man, they are tasty. Their sandwiches are good, too. The sandwiches are great. And my, my go-to combo is Canadian bacon, which, again, talking about Canadian tax shelter films, and jalapenos. Although, I guess, technically, it's ham and jalapenos. This slumber party is officially brought to you by... Caddyshack Pizza. They can be a total unofficial sponsor. We did we did a shutter shout out. We can do something again. Very Caddyshack regional. Call out the that Hey, man, I might actually have to order delivery now after this. You know what? And I think they can probably also potentially vegan cheese. Potentially, I'd have to look at that. Ooh. We have to go to the website. I can't guarantee that genius. If not, that'll be the unofficial. <laughs> but of course, you can go sandwich. Yeah. And again, oh man, their fried potato salad. 
<laughs> Speaking Delicious. of potato salad, that's what this guy's going to get turned into. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know the driller killer's origin. It could be German potato salad. That's always one of the most terrifying things to see is the, the door blood. behind you and then like blood coming in. No good has ever come of that. You know what kind of movie you're in once that hits. Uh, shout out, even though you can't necessarily. Well, technically, with the, along the commentary, the music's pretty like. I actually, dun, 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 dun. It, it's, it adds a sense of dread. Well, also, it makes it an early '80s slasher with a synth, mm-hmm. and it's not knockoff Carpenter per se, Mm-mm. but it makes it groundly in the '80s. It works well along with the wardrobe of the film. I mean, this is a film that is very much a 1982 film. Because I bet you those are Jordash jeans. <laughs> Jordash girl, Jordash girl. <laughs> we have more establishing shots and her also realizing something is going on at this point in the film, which technically, if you kind of go to the Halloween route, this is now Lori checking up on all the friends over in the shenanigan house. And so far, this is a pretty high body count. At, well, like, yes, absolutely. This driller is getting his money's worth out he, of that drill. He's a, uh, well, apparently, he, we don't see a cord. I didn't see a pull start, so he's on a battery, so he has to make the most in a small amount of time. There we go. And maybe that's why that's maybe that why this, this film is only 70 some odd minutes. <laughs> that's how long the battery lasts. They literally on the film were like, we only have a short amount of time. Let's get this right. So not only do we get a very efficient uh, slasher film. Thank you, Amy Jones. But it's uh, oh, the, the, the satisfaction or the fear mm-hmm. of the doorbell. I'll be honest. If someone knocks on the door, if I'm not expecting someone and I hear the door knock. Holy shit. I still get frightened. Oh, not yeah. frightened, but like, I'm like, who is that? Who is that? Like, I ain't expecting no company. Good call with the knives. Oh, yeah. Take everyone the here with you and stick together. Everyone here is ultimately good survivors until. Bummer. Bummer, Val. Uh, because, again, it could be salvation. You know, it or could damnation. be. damnation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I've always wanted to know how hard does that make it to break into a room with like that thing over it with all the stuff over yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I mean And I'm glad I don't know that because that would be really weird. <laughs> hey, let me tell you how it no. Um But I'm just always the physics of it maybe cuz you got to break the door down plus you got to push the weight of the And uh, then okay. Okay. Again, of course anything in front of it is going to be more beneficial regardless. But in fairness, he has the drill, so This is true. This is true. He's got power tools. Coach making a uh, oh, coach does eventually make the home co- the the home visit, which is always a little <laughs> wee- weird there. Well, a concerned teacher. <laughs> Different time at that point. Uh, we've talked about drills so far in this podcast. Do you remember beyond or I beyond Driller Killer? Any notable drills in genre films that stand out to you? Um. No, I'm sure there's a ton. Do you remember the movie Body Double? Uh Uh-uh. Body Double has Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors, Craig Wasson, Uh who uh, give a shout out to the Kill by Kill podcast because they absolutely adore Craig and his acting abilities. Uh, But it famously features a drill kill scene where he realizes someone above him in an apartment above him is getting killed. And it features one of those scenes that freaks me out. And it might be why this might be one of the first times I ever saw a movie like that. But... You see the, you hear the lady go, Wah! and then the drill comes through the ceiling with all the blood and everything, and the, even the killer looks weird. Anyway, go. It's got um, 
God, who shot that? It's not De Palma. That's uh, Body Heat. Um, shit, I'm a, to the Imdaba. You know what's a good one? Uh, oh, gosh, I just had it. The Loved Ones. The, yes, the That's drill to really the head. Yeah, the Ooh. sound design again. And when you were like, ah, like, ah. Uh, Am I not pretty enough? Speaking of sound design, the production sound mixer of this film, Mark Ulano, went on to work on such esteemed films as Titanic, Ad Astra, and Iron Man. Ooh. Seriously. Corman, love him or hate him, he launched a lot of people. A lot of careers. And a lot of people you don't know. A lot of families were fed because of that. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing to always keep in mind. This is always a business. As much as we enjoy these films, as much as we enjoy talking about these films, the reasons they exist is technically to make money, yeah. to feed the people behind them. You know, every, Again, the collaborative effort that goes into filmmaking, all the cast and crew, they're doing it because they love it, but also ideally, in the best of all possible words, worlds, they're doing it because they can make a living out of it. Yeah. And I go to expect that, especially with low-budget filmmaking. You know, These people aren't doing it for money. You know, they're doing it because they love it. Now, how creepy is that? Just, oh. just as he comes, as he creeps and stalks through the window. In the theater, that elicited a response. And that made the hackles on my neck raise up. Not too many creepy scenes in this film. That was genuinely terrifying. And look at the way he's gripping it. like a goddamn shark. He's just ready to pounce. So creepy. And now imagine the fact that he's kept himself away from you the entire shoot. Imagine you're like 20 days in and this is the and first time. Comes. Yeah, that's genuinely that's genuinely terrifying, and that's genuine fear. Oh, absolutely. And we actually get, and I like the fact that she immediately goes to, no, just putting as much distance as you can. And fight back mode. Absolutely. Yeah, fuck that, dude. All, the, all the, the, the ladies in this film are so capable, but unfortunately, you know, it is a horror film. Mm-hmm. People gotta get got. But I like the fact that it established that they're not pushovers, if you will. Because I think the biggest complaint of these films are they're misogynist. Um, they're built around men killing women, which I understand that critique. But as we said, there is more stuff going on beyond that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. I mean, this movie is a critique of that itself. Yeah. Well, and there, are, there are a lot of films out there in the horror genre that are critiques of this and that are phenomenal. Again, Scream is, you know, revitalized the slasher genre yeah. in the 90s. That's another thing, too, thinking about kind of these low-budget films with Wes Craven. He started uh, with uh, The Last House on the Left, and a film like this kind of owes a little debt to that, just the griminess of it. But again, that's a good, scary shot. All of this, yeah. through the house, and as the camera turned to look at what he was looking, but while he was still in frame with the drill... And we actually get a little bit of, for the first time, we really stay with the killer and we get the mirror shot and he only, he speaks at the very end. He has like very little dialogue. Mm-hmm. Again, he exists almost like as a force of nature yeah. in which technically we even got the, the lightning shot just a few minutes ago. And just everybody's just gone. And those are, uh, you you all have seen me, uh, especially if you're, you've been to any of the sleepaway camp uh screenings that we've hosted before you've seen the jeans i don't know if i could ever go that short man you can't go that short i'd have to nair it <laughs> and i don't think there's enough nair in the world my friend dude uh, just give me some duct tape and some candle wax and i got oh, you man i got you 
that's when we uh, that's when we start Patreon if we film that because that's the first <laughs> thing like the first perk. <laughs> we're nerds you win. And and welcome to Jack. Yeah. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> you know what? Had you caught me in my twenties, no worries, no worries. But now in my forties, a lot of worries, a lot of worries. <laughs> so yeah, that that won't happen. That won't happen. I'd rather go on like a driller be a victim of the driller killer than something like that at this point good see, god see i never had space in my closet to hide from anything so like if there was ever a slasher coming at me i couldn't but definitely not, not in a bag like that that's some like black christmas shit very much a nod to black christmas now what i love with this fridge gag that's coming up here if you need to figure out where we're at in the movie is she happened to be a gymnast so she had to do a lot of folding into that fridge Ooh. And then pull the door closed. And you know what? If you grew up the way we did, you're not supposed. <laughs> there's a big no-no there. This yeah. could have been a very special episode of Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah, exactly. That's like that would have been like punkies. A punky. Oh, punky. So one of your friends is in the refrigerator. Man. Oh, punky. I'm getting punctured. Oh, punky. Oh, Wesley. But, but now, ultimately, now. The terror has crept into the other house. Mm-hmm. We've got... He's terrorizing the whole neighborhood now. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and the nice subtle shadow shot there. Right. Or if Again. you need to remind of the phallic nature of the film mm-hmm. and the fact that it is a critique and potentially, if this is the first time you're seeing it, something might happen to that phallic symbol. If we're lucky. Ooh. Blood splattered. Wearing those uh, Cobra-esque boots. He does strike a very scary vision. He's only missing the awesome 50. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if, like, it, that's actually the only thing missing. For, go from a van to an awesome 50. Go for it. I don't body here. Exactly. Do you think this is his audition run to enter in the Axe Clan? There we go. <laughs> like, he, he he wanted to do an axe. He, you know what? That's why he was booted from the Axe Clan, because he brought a drill. There we go. You were like, I thought axes were... Uh, uh, huh? I thought we bring any power tools. Nah, got, man. That's the other chapter. <laughs> Turns out they're very discriminatory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Axes only. He, he brought on a class action, action discriminatory suit against a- the Axe gang. Action. I saw what uh, you did. <laughs> I did not do that. You did that. <laughs> Don't even associate me with that one. <laughs> I'm going to walk away. You're going to litigate, pig. Walk away. <laughs> Leave the drill. Leave the pun alone. <laughs> so, yeah, I would hide too. This is such a, this is that Cropsy-esque patience because what's. <laughs> I like the way he giggled like, this is going to be funny. <laughs> but how much patience does he have to have? Does he realize that he's technically waiting for her under the bed? Or at this point, is it, I just know someone's going to be creeping in here eventually. Yeah, he goes, eventually someone's going to let their guard down. Wow. A cropsy has patience, man. See, that's, we're actually, this, he's Leslie burning it. We're like looking into like the serial killers. You know when that's like, they true. sneak that's up true. behind you? Like, he knows. You he's like, <laughs> he knows he's going to have to be there a while. Uh-huh. You know what he's doing? Power nap. There we go. <laughs> there we, exactly. You get 15 minutes, snip, sleep into, you got good go three more hours. But for a serial killer he's slasher. He's got recharge his battery. But for a serial killer slasher, 15 minutes has to be 15 seconds. But because he can slow the heart down if he needs to. Mm-hmm. So is she Coach Scatman Carruthers? <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
poor scat man in that movie. No, we didn't get to real. Well, we got to see her home life, but I didn't get to see her velvet painting, unfortunately. <laughs> it's Elvis. No, well, it's, in 82. It's, it would be Mark Spitz. Mark the, Spitz, the, the swimmer, right? The diver, because he's a swimmer, or Greg Luganis. No, that's that's uh, we no. have to. Th- you have to think this is ah, eighty two, my friend. I'm actually gonna say since she's an athlete, we're in L.A. I'm gonna say, let's see, Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda. Well, Why would she have Tommy Lasorda? There, there's. I'm sure there are people that would have found him attractive. You know, he was a good coach. Okay. She seems like someone that would appreciate that. And it wouldn't be next to a John Saxon. And it wouldn't be. Oh no, no. And it wouldn't. See, fuck a drill. She's going to ride. You know, he's got a drill. But I I see you played drilly sorry before. It has its limits. Yep. Unlike the drill, as we were about to see, almost very cartoon esque. Zoinks. (laughs) Did you even hear the sound effect? Boing. Well, I would. Shit. I should say let's. It amps up the comedy when it amps up the horror. Absolutely, absolutely. And here we actually get an adult now taking. Well, technically they're all adults, but <laughs> in the film, well, I know. I guess you know he took out the creepy neighbor, yeah. but this is someone again showing they've got merit. They've held their own with him, which in some slasher films, fighting back, they don't get to at all. Though Mm-mm. they don't get that agency. So I'd like to think there was some of it in there was built in. Exactly. Beat the fuck out of him. It's a little rubbery. That's okay. <laughs> right idea, too. I love how she comes running in, man. Yep. Almost as if it was like a baseball signal. Exactly. Like, the coach gave me the signal, man. Tag me in. Poof. Although you'd prefer multiple stabbings at this point, but because, unfortunately, he does arise, and even that little bit... Slashes just with the drill. Yep. He, you know what? He he realizes it's versatile. It's one of those all-in-one tools. Another thing that you could also read into is There's whether a or not he a lot pe- of weapons in this person's house. He actually. Well, you know what? The early '80s, you could have a tool shed in your basement. It's okay. Um, but ultimately, I think you could say something whether or not he slashes or he penetrates. Again, you could read something into that if you wanted to, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not it is misogynistic, whether it, there is a feminist scribe to this. Here's where he says, I love you. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing, apparently he watched uh, Helter Skelter. He read Helter Skelter to prepare for this role. Oh, wow. So his whole take was, yeah, obviously this guy is twisted. He has some issues with the whole love thing. I'm sure... Dr. Drew could have had a heyday with this guy, but he basically put together his own backstory, which the little bits we get here with him. The madness. Very much so. Very much so. Oh, he's every little jaw movement. The eyes like he gets his moment to shine with a little bit of verbiage. But what he sells with that now, obviously, when we get a another phallic object coming into play here. Only two dongs enter, one <laughs> dong leaves. And it's going to be the one that's not impotent and the one that's not actually being used as something else, potentially. She's got him on the fucking ropes. But this whole film has led to this point. And when it happens, when he expo- he presents himself mm-hmm. as one would in she, the wild. And she ain't having it. Fuck you. And he totally just like, well. Castrates him. Emasculates him. Yep. Castrates him. Renders him useless. And uh, nice. the, the really nice multiple hacks of the hand, mm-hmm. which I like. 
But this is one that got a reaction again at Terror Tuesday because you've built him so much as a nasty, creepy crawler that when he finally gets the comeuppance, it's wonderful. Yeah. And when it's prolonged like this. Make him suffer. But the the biggest point, though, is, you know, cutting off the cutting off of the drill. Mm -hmm. Super symbolic, not subtle. Oh, no. But that's okay with this this movie. movie is not. No, it's a Roger Corman flick. The boobs are going to be in your face. The gore is going to be in your face. The message is going to be in your face. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Because here we are again, you know, many years later, still talking about this. Yeah. This film here in a few years is going to reach 40 years. And like you said, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Feeling old. (laughs) Wow. Like you said, this still got reactions at the... For first time viewers at the theater. It was fantastic. It really was. And like any good true slasher villain. He's got to come back for another round. We need to double tap. Because he's always got that little last bit. But the, you're, this is actually, you're capping off a triple feature today, Genius McGee. Mm-hmm. And I, it's very, int- in terms of staying in women and horror, women and genre. You started with Gretel and Hansel. Uh-huh. Featuring the actor from It and It Chapter 2. And she's got a great genre resume going. We both sat in Birds on of Birds of Prey. Prey. Nice. See, eventually oh. he's the one that got penetrated. In, indeed. Kind of like when Gogo said it in... Uh, uh, yeah. Like, in you want to penetrate me? <laughs> but Birds of Prey, written and directed by women. Mm-hmm. And now, capping off, Slumber Party Massacre, written and directed by women. You've had a wonderful women in horror, women in genre day. Yeah. It's been a good one. And an interesting triple feature. Right? And let me just say, as this episode releases, if you can go see Birds of Prey in the theater, go do it. Yeah. It is fun, violent, mean. But I like the way that this ends with just like you see the faces of them. The survivors? Yeah, and what they now have to face. The burden? We just had all the levity and fun. and I'm not saying fun, but I mean, you know, just all the shenanigans that were going on. And then it's just like, oh. You know, that was like, you had fun? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's what I also like in the theater. Depending on the film at Terror Tuesday, they'll hit the lights a little bit sooner than later. And when you go from the, yeah, he got it, to, oh, yeah, these poor women. Yeah. And then Oof. lights. And you're like, oh, oh damn it. <laughs> need a private moment here. But ultimately, this is a fun one to rewatch. Um, I appreciate being able to rewatch it with you. I know it's been a while. Um, and again, ideally... Our next few, I know we have another guest already lined up in the books. We're good. But this movie takes such an interesting spin as you look at it through older eyes. Of course. Oh. You know. Initially, let's face it. Back in the it. day, back in the day when we watched it on the late night. The, <sighs> but was, now, I mean, we can see what's going on with it and it, how it has withstood the test of time. And that's why, as a 40-year-old film, it still has its merits because you can see seeds of evil if you will mm-hmm. what it's run because um amy um jones she wrote a number of films i want to make sure we talk about this real quick before we leave but uh, a number of these films i saw in the theater made to order with ali sheedy mm-hmm. mystic pizza whoa mystic pizza beethoven the dog i saw that in the theater the too. same indecent proposal get out of town and a film we talked about on our into the mouth of march madness tournament the relic really she wrote and directed the Amy issue. Jones has been involved in some wonderful things, but unfortunately, as the credits run out, so does this commentary track. So um, until the next time we celebrate women in horror, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Rin, 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 rin. <laughs>